beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. This episode is brought to you by the very first episode of this podcast, episode number one, called When Do You Read? In this episode, all about reading, I outline all of my reading habits, including my infamous timer trick. This trick gets me through about a book a week, maybe a little less if you're only doing it once a day. But everyone, I just want to tell you, everyone has time to read. Literally everyone. Yes, even you who thinks, sure must be nice to have time to read books. You have time, I promise. I'm bringing up that episode now, episode number one, because it's summertime and we're going to talk about travel today and those two things go hand in hand for me. Plus, people still ask me regularly in person and on social media about my own reading habits and so I want to remind you about this episode. Episode one, scroll back in your feed, it's called When Do You Read? Reading and Travel are the best ways to broaden your mind. And since today we're going to talk about travel, but not everyone can travel, so I'm also going to point you towards reading 
Go back and listen to episode number one, When Do You Read? Okay, on to today's topic. What is the best trip you've ever been on? Best is subjective, obviously. A trip can be the best because of the location or the activities, but it can also be the best because that's where you first fell in love with traveling or where your partner proposed or where you had the revelation that you wanted your life to change. So when you're answering this one with a friend, with your journal, all rules are off. Best trips can mean all sorts of things. And I like this question because it can often reveal something about a person that you didn't know about them. It seems like an easy question, like it's a good starting question, if you will, but why a person loved a trip can be different than what you might expect. My husband and I, in fact, had a good conversation about this topic this morning while we were standing at the kitchen sink. Also, before we get totally rolling here, I want to tell you that at the end of this episode, talking about the best trips of our lives, you'll hear some of the best travel tips that were sent in from listeners. I did a call on Instagram for people to send in their favorite travel tips for this episode. If you want to be featured on the show sometime, make sure that you're following 10 Things to Tell You on Instagram, and I usually put these calls for voice memos up in stories. Okay, so I'm going to talk about a few of the best trips of my life, and you might notice that all of them start after the age of 18. My family of origin, they are not big travelers. They are still not big travelers for the most part. We grew up taking the same vacations over and over. We had a beach version and a snow version. And I have tons of great memories of that time and those places. What a privilege to be able to have those vacations growing up. But A, there wasn't much variation to our trips. We stayed in the same locations. We did almost the exact same activities every year, which is fine. There is definitely a value to making family plans and memories in that way. They're all really special to me. But B, we drove to all these locations. We were a big road trip family. I still love a road trip. And it also seems like flying was less common a few decades ago when I was a child. I had never been on an airplane until I was 13 years old. And even that was sort of a logistical choice. I had to come home early from a trip with my parents. We had road tripped to Houston, and then I had to fly home to start the seventh grade. So I flew for the first time alone, and that seems hilarious in retrospect. (laughs) And then I didn't fly again, I don't think, until senior year spring break. So what I'm saying is that I did not grow up in a travel-heavy family at all. And if young me had any idea how often older me would be on airplanes, I think she would be shocked. The first trip I'm going to tell you about, and trip isn't totally the right word here, but definitely it was a travel experience. 
It was when I studied abroad in college in England. I did a program at Oxford University, and it was my first time in Europe, and it absolutely changed my life. I say that without hyperbole, even though I am really into giving the superlatives. This trip really did change my life and everything that happened afterwards. It was a big turning point for me, and it is where I realized how much travel can expand your horizons and how easy it is to get stuck in a mindset if you haven't seen other parts of the world. I feel this and see this so distinctly in America right now that we, and I say this as a collective we, seem to have a hard time empathizing with others if we've never been to their neck of the woods, so to speak. We can get to a point where we only care about our corner of the world because that's all we know. And that's kind of where I sat when I studied in England when I was 21. I'd come from a non-traveling family. I had grown up and gone to college in the same area. I just didn't even begin to understand much about the world. And England, I mean, that isn't even that far of a jump from America, honestly. You know, in like culture and language, it's not that different. And still, it made a huge impact on my worldview. We were able to take side trips on the weekends. We visited Scotland and France. I would take the train from Oxford into London pretty frequently. So I was seeing a different way to be in the world. And it was the trip that kicked off my travel bug. It made me want to live in a big city. It made me want to see more cultures. It opened my mind, politically, religiously, all the things. That trip, that travel experience at 21 years old, it changed my life. Similarly, another trip that changed my life, and my examples, I promise they won't all be so deep, by the way, we're going to get to vacations in a minute, but this was another tilt the world on its axis in terms of my personal worldview, and that was when I went to Sri Lanka in 2012. This was back when I had a blog that I posted on regularly, unlike my blog right now. It was still in the middle of the blogging heyday, actually. And now that I think about it, several of my most important trips in my life came to me through blogging and writing opportunities. This particular one was an invitation through World Vision. World Vision is a charity that our family has supported over the years, and they took a group of bloggers and writers to Sri Lanka to see directly the work that they were doing there and elsewhere. This trip was meaningful in several ways, most importantly because I had never seen such poverty up close. I had never been in a country in such need. And knowing theoretically that there are fellow humans on this planet without access to clean water is one thing. But seeing these beautiful faces, people with all the same needs and desires as ourselves, living in such radically different conditions. Seeing that in person is a whole other deal. So on a humanity level, this trip with World Vision, which I'm very thankful that they took a team of American writers to share about this, this made a real impact 
on me and on our family. On a more directly personal level, it was also a bonding experience with the fellow Americans, the fellow bloggers who were on the trip. Many of us were having our eyes opened to the world's water crisis for the first time. Some of us were away from our children for the first time. Several of us were going through difficult life stages for various reasons. And we just had some of the most important conversations in a van in Sri Lanka while we were jet lagged and devastated. It is something I will never forget. And like studying abroad, I came home from that trip changed. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S.com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Now, to change gears for a second, while I was brainstorming this episode and writing down lists of my favorite trips and why I loved them, and I've traveled a lot, by the way, a lot in the last 20 years, so this is quite a list, although I do think it should be noted here that not every trip is magical. Travel can be, is often, a mixed bag. 
pardon the pun. So don't be fooled by anyone's travel highlight reel. Not every trip I've ever taken or that you've ever taken can be expected to be magical and life-changing. That's just not real life. But anyway, as I'm writing down things on my list, I noticed that New York City came up over and over again. New York trips, to me, always have some sort of an amazing element to them. I don't know if it's because I grew up in such a small town and New York will never not be exciting to me. Or if it's just the city itself, it holds something, probably both of those things. But I have so many good New York memories from the first time I ever went when I was 23 years old and on a press tour supporting the cast of Jackass the Movie. That was my introduction to New York. I know that's crazy and not normal. But I've also been on girls trips there. I've been on business trips there. Jeff and I stayed there for several weeks together before kids while he was shooting something, and that time really stays in my mind. For my mom's last milestone birthday, we took a weekend in New York, and we had a really memorable Mother's Day that I really cherish and really hold in my heart. I just love visiting that city. I love that it's so different from anywhere else in the U.S. It seems like there's something noteworthy happening on every corner. New York City shows up in my top trips list multiple, multiple times. And speaking of milestone birthdays, for my husband Jeff's last milestone birthday, we rented a house in Cabo, Mexico, and a large group of friends came down with us, no kids, just grown-ups. And when Jeff and I were talking this morning about our favorite trips in our whole lives, we both mentioned this one in the top five. And let me tell you something, we did nothing on this trip. I think we only left the house once, maybe twice in four days. This thing was memorable for a thousand reasons, but basically just being in the same space with some of our dearest friends, with time just to talk and laugh and celebrate. We dance partied. I mean, there's just really no way to describe how much nothing that we did, but it was amazing. It was such a special time. It was one of the best trips of our lives, and it was so simple. It was one of those times that proved that being together was the main ingredient. It didn't really matter where we were. Honestly, we could have rented a house anywhere. You know, it was just one of the best trips. The last one I'm going to mention is also a vacation and also fresh on my mind because it just happened recently. That is our family vacation to Tahiti for spring break a few months ago. Now listen, this was a total luxury vacation, like a lifetime experience, but it held so much meaning for our family. Jeff and I went to Tahiti for our honeymoon in 2007. We both loved it so much, and we said on our honeymoon while we were there that we wanted to come back with our children on our 10-year anniversary. When our 10-year anniversary rolled around, Jeff was knee-deep in making two movies at the same time, and it was more of the same all throughout the next year. So then this trip kind of became a double whammy and our prize at the end of this road. It was the celebration of a big anniversary, and it was also a big deep breath out 
after a long couple of work years. So it was sentimental, it was monumental, both. Tahiti exceeded all of our expectations for our family. We spent our time there just together, doing exactly what we love as a family. There wasn't much screen time. There was just beautiful weather and food and activities. And the time together without distraction, it was just exactly what we needed. It was so good for all of us. And then we were also in this beautiful place. I try to stay really present when we travel, even though it is a time when my anxiety will flare. If you want to hear more about my thoughts on anxiety, go listen to episode 18, where I outline a lot of that. But because travel can be naturally stressful, there are so many variables all the time, so much out of our control. And so I can battle my own mind, especially when I'm out of the country. But if I manage to stay present, if I can put all of my mindfulness techniques to work at once, then travel is worth the stress. It is worth an anxiety flare. I will say it again, traveling and reading are the best ways to open your mind and see outside of yourself. So I want to hear from you guys because I'm just curious about this one in particular, but also because I'm always looking for new travel inspiration. So if you post on social media about the best trip you've ever taken, please make sure you tag the show at 10 things to tell you and you use the hashtag 10 things to tell you so I can see your best trips. And if you're not a traveler, if you haven't had a chance in your life to travel yet, I want to hear what your best dream trip might be. Like what's on your bucket list. I know there are people out there who are still dreaming about travel. I think a lot of us are still dreaming about travel. I want to hear from you. Tell me not only your best trip, if you have that, but also your best dream trip. Let's hear it. Or of course, as always with this show, the encouragement is to ask your friends, ask your partner, like just have a good and better conversation using this prompt. What is the best trip you've ever taken. And you guys showed up with the travel tips. Here are a few travel tips from you. Hi, I'm Marsha and I'm from Johannesburg, South Africa. And my best travel tip is to be prepared, but to hold all things loosely. And remember that if things go wrong, those make the best stories when you come back and you share it with your friends. Hi, I'm Tiffany from Chicago. My best travel tip is to splurge strategically. If you're going to Rome, hire a private guide for the Vatican. It's really a great way to see things and learn things that you wouldn't necessarily learn on a public tour. And then instead of going to a five-star restaurant that night, go to a neighborhood trotteria and have a cheaper meal. Hi, this is Liz from Rotorua, New Zealand. My best travel tip is talking to my kids about expectations. If I take a few minutes before a trip or an outing to explain what I expect from them, then everything usually goes a lot better. Hi, this is Joan in Missoula, Montana. My travel tip is to use packing cubes for your family. We use one cube for each kid and two cubes for each grown-up. It 
is super simple. It lets me pack in their bedrooms and unpacking is a snap because I can just take it right back where it came from if it's clean. And it really helps me to not go crazy over packing. Hi, this is Amy from Boston. And my tip is to always try to find a food tour and a bike tour. Those are usually the two best ways to see a city, in my opinion. I'm Katie, and my best travel tip is to not board the plane first when you have an infant. The less time you spend on that plane, the better. I'm Catherine from Grass Stains, and my best travel tip is to take a regular chip clip with you when you travel. Before you go to bed at night, use the chip clip to close the gap in your curtains. That way you can sleep a little later the next morning after the sun comes up because the sun won't be shining through the gap in your curtains. Hi, I'm Darla from Texas, and my best travel tip is always underpack. You really don't need all that extra stuff. Hi, I'm Jen from Ottawa, and I have travel tips for families who want to visit art galleries. One, do not go into any major art gallery blind. There are maps on the websites. Use those to find out where the bathrooms are, if you can bring a sippy cup in, if you can bring your backpack in, if you can bring your stroller in. Uh, Second tip is... Before you go to an art gallery with your kids, pick up a book that has like all the art in that gallery or download their app and look at all the art in advance. Um, we think that they're going to be, you know, entertained because of the surprise. And that is not true. Third, play a game. We would play um, scavenger hunt where we would each pick a thing to look for in the painting. So like white lilies or puppies or grapes. And then we'd tally them throughout our gallery walk and see who would win at the end. Hi, I'm Lindsay from Oklahoma. And my best travel tip is to pack one outfit in your friend or relative's luggage and have them pack an outfit in yours. And that way, if one of your suitcases doesn't arrive, you have something to wear. My name is Melissa and I'm from the Woodlands, Texas. My best travel tip would be to do as the locals do. I love when we go visit places. I'd much rather ask the people who live there, what are the best spots to eat? Where are the best places to go? I'd so much rather go to the quiet hole in the wall places that only the people who live there know about than the best rated places on TripAdvisor where there's going to be a million tourists. Hi, I'm Sarah from Michigan. My best travel tip is to pack a small travel-sized bottle of Febreze. You can use it for your clothes. You can use it in a hotel room. You can use it in a rental car. You can usually get them for less than $2 and um, just pack them right in your bag. You can even take them carry-on. I'm Ashley from Kodiak, Alaska, an island 200 miles south of Anchorage. My best travel tip is to expect delays. I realize that most people don't live in a place where flights are consistently canceled for dense fog and driving rain. But one benefit of such a place is that you learn to hold your travel plans loosely. Having an extra set of clothes, a little buffer before you go back to work, or a loose plan B can help make unexpected delays a lot less stressful. Hi, Laura. I'm Elizabeth from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And my travel tip is to go on a walking tour on your first day in a new city. It's a great way to get oriented, meet new people, and stay awake, especially if you've traveled overseas and are battling jet lag. Most cities offer walking tours for free, and the guides often have the best tips for local places to check out for the rest of your trip. Hi, Laura. This is Jamie. I live in Tokyo. I grew up in Oregon. 
I also lived for 12 years in Skokie, Illinois. I'm used to long flights. So my best travel tip is don't eat on the plane. I know it's very tempting, but if you don't eat and you just stay hydrated and you wait until you get to your destination, you will help yourself avoid jet lag. Hey, Laura, my name is Abby and I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. My best travel tip is to read something by someone from the place that you're visiting while you're visiting there. In my experience, something really beautiful happens when you connect words with the place that birthed the author of those words. And it's been really special to anchor my experiences in a new place with a book that's connected to that place. Thanks so much for all you do with your podcast. Look forward to listening to more of your episodes. just listened to the 10 things to tell you podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10 things to tell you.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 things to tell you. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.